1: Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is October 30th, 2018. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. My co-host today is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army Retired. Good morning, sir.
2: Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you.
1: All right. Thank you, Bill. Bill's always on the outlook for some good articles for our news uh, section here. And uh, today he's got something about the Home Depot Foundation, the service project for veterans. What's that all about, Bill?
2: Well, it's a great project, Gary. And this is also uh, uh, a situation where volunteers... Uh, came uh, on the scene to improve the life of a, a veteran who was blinded uh, in his service 49 years ago in uh, Vietnam. Stephen McGuire, U.S. Army Ranger, uh, doing a service in Vietnam. Steve describes the moment as a swift and savage. Uh, Incident which drastically changed the course of his life. Now prior to this uh, uh, experience, Steve uh, was wounded twice before, then a third time, which actually ended his career. So during his recovery, uh, Steve, uh, and after, he could not see, he couldn't walk, and he couldn't move about. He and his wife, Susan, uh, were moved to uh, Oklahoma, stayed there for a while, but decided that uh, another move was necessary in which they moved into uh, Wyoming in Cheyenne. Now, the uh, place that they moved to in, uh, in, uh, in Cheyenne was a very nice place, However, Steve had extreme difficulty navigating the steps, the terrain, and the rocks around his uh, his home. So Steve and Susan had been making trips to the local home depot, getting various uh, items that they needed uh, uh, to try to improve the situation there with living and moving about. And Steve learned uh, from the home depot uh, folks there locally that they had a foundation. It was a, uh, a specific foundation for service for Veterans to assist them. So, this past Wednesday, Gary, the employees from that local uh, Home Depot uh, came along with local members of the American Legion Post in Cheyenne. They uh, constructed uh, an exterior stairway and a, they pressure treated a wooden fence on the property to help Steve live more independently. What a great story of veterans coming to help uh, another veteran in need and with the assistance of Home Depot's Foundation's service project for veterans. Great story.
1: Oh yes, definitely. Now, is this one of the presumptive um, uh, health conditions when it comes to Agent Orange?
2: Uh no, this was not Agent Orange. This was actually from uh, from a uh, gunshot wound.
1: Okay
2: uh, That's okay. something else that you just mentioned that we'll talk about later. But this mm-hmm. is strictly uh, from the being wounded uh, and, it, and it impacted uh, Steve McGuire's uh, vision. permanently blinded him.
1: Okay. We'll have to definitely bring that back. <laughs> All right, Bill. Why don't you You have the pleasure of actually introducing our guest this morning.
2: And indeed it's a pleasure, Gary. We have as our guest this morning, Debbie Lee. Debbie is an author, public speaker, and chief executive officer of America's Mighty Warriors, who travels the nation, telling her son's amazing story and advocating and supporting our troops, their families, and families of the fallen. Debbie understands the sacrifice our troops make and that freedom is not free. On August second, two 2006, Debbie received a knock on her door that would forever change her life. Since that day, Debbie has described her life to honoring our troops and the families of the fallen, defending our defenders, and fighting to keep freedoms that our troops have fought for. Debbie has worked tirelessly to ensure that our troops and military and Gold Star families have access to respite, and important services that help assist recovery after injury or loss. Debbie, welcome to the American Heroes Network.
1: Welcome, Debbie.
3: Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here today.
1: All right. Well, thank you. Debbie, you chose to rise above the most devastating circumstances of your life to impact other lives, giving them hope and encouragement. In response to your son's last letter home to pass on the love, the kindness, the precious gift of human life, you founded America's Mighty Warriors and is providing programs that improve quality of life Resiliency and recovery. Debbie, can you share the story with us what happened on August 2nd, 2006?
3: Sure. Um, as you know, you read in the intro, obviously that was a day that forever changed my life uh, when we were notified that my son had been killed in combat. And as a parent, that is the most devastating news oh,
1: that one yeah. could
3: ever receive. And uh, after we had received notification from the CAICO officer and Mark's teammates knew that I had been notified. I started getting calls from Iraq and started to piece together Mark's heroic actions from that day. And we learned that it was 115 to 120 degrees.
4: Wow.
3: It was Ramadi, Iraq. That was 2006. You may remember back in 2006, that's where the majority of our casualties were coming from. And we had casualties every single day. If it wasn't one, it was two, five, six. And it was it was devastating what was happening in Ramadi. And they had been in an intense firefight for two hours. Mark's one of the main characters portrayed in the movie American Sniper. Um, In that movie, he's portrayed as Chris's officer, which he wasn't in real life, but they were trying to show how close Chris and Mark were, and they knew if they just showed the one deployment scene that most civilians wouldn't get that connection. So they made him his officer in the movie. He was the one that was killed in combat. And in the funeral scene, that's supposed to be me reading part of his last letter home. But that doesn't even give a glimpse, is what his teammate said. It was all heck was broke loose, and it was an intense firefight, the worst in Iraq at that point. And they had been on the rooftop fighting for two hours. Mark's buddy Ryan had been severely injured, and they could tell by looking at him it didn't look good. The bullets had actually hit his weapon, and so he had severe shrapnel injuries to the head. And he fell to the ground, and two of the seals that were with him dropped to their knees. Mark could have made that very same choice. But Mark's choice that day was to stand up in the line of fire, hoping the enemy would focus on him. He had the big gun. He knew he could lay down some suppressive fire. But they needed a medic up to the roof, and Mark knew that if he did that, there was a chance they could get him up there. And they did. The medic got up there and took one look at Ryan, and he said, we've got to get him out of here immediately, or there's no chance for survival. So not once, but again, a second time, all by himself. Mark stood up in that line of fire again, hoping to lay down some suppressive fire so they could all get down off of the roof. And they all got down. They sent Ryan off for medical attention, and they climbed in their Bradleys, and they headed back to the base, which I'm proud to tell you was named Camp Mark Lee in his memory. I had the privilege of visiting Camp Markley on my first trip to Iraq in 2007. But they got back to that base and they started to rip off their gear and get some water to refresh themselves. They were sure at that point that there was no way Ryan could survive his injuries. They thought he'd probably passed already. I remember Chris Kyle sharing that with me. And as they sat there and were sipping on their water and just trying to process the possible loss of Ryan, the chief came in and he said, we just found 30 of the insurgents that just attacked us. And without hesitation, Mark looked at his chief, and he said, Roger that. Let's go get him. So they climbed in their Bradleys, and they headed back to that God-forsaken place. And they cleared several houses. They went in the last house Mark would be in. They cleared the bottom of the house, and they started up the steps. And they heard Mark yell, On me! And the guys knew what he was saying. You guys that served, you know what he was saying. He was saying, I got the lead on this. You follow me. And as they went up those steps, they drew fire through a window. And for the last and final time, Mark made the choice again to stand into the line of fire. He didn't duck below the wall, he didn't let his buddies all take the bullets and suffer the loss there. He made the choice to stand there and defend his teammates. And it wasn't just his def- teammates that he defended that day, it was you, it was me, it was every American. And the freedoms that we enjoy every day, those benefits trickle down to us for every man and woman who's served and sacrificed for the freedoms that we enjoy every day. And it it was the most devastating day of my life, of his teammates' lives. And I do know where Mark is. He was redeployed to heaven, and I will see him again one day. And so that helps me as I put on his boots and I pick up his weapon and I stay in the fight. For our men and women who served, I'd stay in the fight for every other family who's lost a loved one. It's my honor to do that because I do understand that's not just a slogan for our family when we say freedom's not free. There's been a dear price that's been paid, and Mark was willing to pay that price, as so many others are, for the freedoms we enjoy every day. And that's why I'm so passionate about making sure our veterans and Gold Star families are taken care of.
1: Hmm thank you debbie that was you're a very very strong woman um to, to have to go through this and um, you know actually help other vets so what we're going to do we're going to go ahead and take a short break you're listening to the american heroes network radio powered by voice america on the variety channel and we'll be right back
4: Network.com and syndicated on iTunes.
0: frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
1: Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Debbie Lee, CEO for America's Mighty Warriors. And Bill? Well, Debbie,
2: uh, Mark, uh, service is truly uh, dedicated service to our great country. Um, noticing from the website uh, Mark was a Navy SEAL. Two things uh, I'd like for you to explain to our listening audience. Uh, as you recall, what motivated Mark to become a SEAL? And as you mentioned during the break, Mark had a last letter to you uh, prior uh, to his loss of life, please explain that to our listening audience.
3: You bet. Um, I think every young man, you know, that watches a Navy SEAL movie when they're in junior high school, you know, at the end of that movie, determine I want to be a Navy SEAL. I mean, it, it always makes it look so glamorous. You know, they get to go into combat, they blow things up, they get, to get all the beautiful women, and <laughs> I think that was. <laughs> You know, he had watched a movie in junior high, and that was the first time I heard him say he was going to be a Navy SEAL. I don't know that he was too dedicated at that point. He was the youngest of my three siblings, and in August of 2000, my oldest son went into the Marines, October of 2000, my son-in-law went into the Army, and I think Mark very much, you know, watched them go through the training, watched the military change them, and wanted to be part of that. Being the youngest, he wanted to prove to the rest of them that he could do one-up them and do better than them. So I think, you know, obviously uh, very physically fit, very determined, um, a man of perseverance, and um, I think that was part of it. If you'd ask him... When he was still with us, he said it was all the military movies I made him watch. That was his determination. There was something about me. I just love, um, our military have always, uh, didn't have a family member that served, you know, growing up, but, um, just admired our military and, and understood who paid the price for our freedoms. And so then he, um, was the last of the three that went in. He went through Bud's class 239 during Hell Week, which is the most intense week of the 12 week training. They literally get four hours sleep for the entire week, and that's at 15 minutes here, 20 minutes here. I'll tell you what, if I had four hours sleep last night, this probably wouldn't be going very well this morning because the ability to think, to communicate, you lose all those, especially when it's four hours for the entire week. But they're trying to push them to the envelope to see what they can endure, to see in combat in the toughest circumstances that we have for our military that they can endure, that they can think, and that they can still function. And he got pneumonia and pulmonary edema. So he had water in the lungs and water outside the lungs. And they did a med check on him and found that. And so they pulled him from training. Even at that point, he's like, I got this. I can do this. I'm okay. And they said, "No, nope, we had someone die two classes ago with exactly what you have. So he was rolled back in the, into 240. Um, Monday night of Hell Week, he called me. And told me he'd rung the bell. Mark had an amazing sense of humor. So when he said that, I'm like, ah, he's just jerked my chain. He didn't really, you know, whatever. And uh, so I asked him another question. He goes, Mom, I rang the bell. I said, Mark, I know how bad you want this. There's no way that you rang the bell. (laughs) And he said, Mom, it's Monday Night of Hell Week. I wouldn't have privileges to call you if I was still in. I'm like, oh. And so he was assigned to the USS um, Eisenhower that was in Dry Dock in Virginia Beach. And so he was driving a shuttle bus for the Army and hating life. Uh, he, at that point, realized he'd made a horrific mistake, um, was influenced by the uh, his girlfriend at the time to make that decision, and uh, called me one night and said, Mom, what am I supposed to do? And I said, Son, you need to be where you know God designed you to be. Are you sure that's where you're supposed to be? And he said, Yes. And I said, You need to get your butt back there. You need to do whatever it takes. And he did. He had to go through intense um, about PT evaluations, had to write essays, had to meet with officers, for a year, they put him through the test process, and rightfully so. You know, if you rang the bell once, how do we we know that you're not going to come back and do that again? Went back in class two five one and was in uh, running for the honor man of the platoon, and uh, did not make that. But I remember that phone call when he said, "Mom, I didn't get honor man." And I'm like, "Mark, you got your Trident. <laughs> you know, you're a Navy SEAL." And I get that; I'm competitive, so I understand that disappointment. But an amazing uh, young man and you'd mention the letter that he wrote um, and i would encourage your listeners to go to our website at americasmightywarriors.org and read that in its entirety um, as i mentioned in the funeral scene that's supposed to be me reading the first two lines of that but it totally takes it out of context in the movie but he sent that to a handful you know maybe up to 10 people were on the email thread when we received that that letter and um, it was not intent it was not the if you're reading this I'm gone um, it just happened to be the last written communication we received from Mark. And the wisdom in that letter is overwhelming. Um, he talks about what he saw over there. And you just sense the life change that has happened to Mark as he's reading this and, and been in combat. And he talks about random acts of kindness. He said, when's the last time you paid for a stranger's cup of coffee or meal or tank of gas? And uh, he ends that letter with, to my family and friends, do me a favor. Pass on the kindness, the love, the precious gift of human life. And uh, after he passed away, and I started getting out of the grief brain a little bit and the numbness, I realized the importance of that letter. I realized what a blessing that was to have that letter, and that needed to be something that was shared. And as much as I could, you know, at the time, I just figured it'd be my little sphere of influence where I lived, or my church, or my family. And literally, that letter has impacted millions and millions of lives around the world. And it's crazy to this day, the lives that continue to be changed by that letter, by that young man. Mark's name, the meaning of Mark, is Mighty Warrior. And he definitely lived up to his name. But it's not just about Mark. It's about every man and woman who's served and sacrificed. It's about every other Gold Star family. And that's why the name of our foundation is America's Mighty Warriors. And that letter... and um, You know, obviously God's influence in my life inspired me to do that. I didn't have a choice the news that was given to me on August 2nd, but I did have a choice how I responded. To curl up in a ball and feel sorry for myself wouldn't bring Mark back. To have a pity party wouldn't change anything. You know, it'd physically make me sick. Nobody would want to be around me, and that's not how God wired me. So if I can be out there supporting our veterans struggling with post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury, doing random acts of kindness for our veterans and Gold Star families, hosting a retreat... Those things are life-changing, and those make such a difference. That's a great day when I can be doing those things.
2: Well, Debbie, uh, you know, that's amazing, and I'm at your website. I've been on it for the past couple of days. It's a very comprehensive uh, website, and the tribute that you're paying to Mark through your work in the veterans community. Uh, One of the things, and also in addition, you you talked about the last letter, but uh, I'm aware from being on the website that uh, Mark was in contact with you by writing to you on numerous occasions, so you heard from him very often and uh, you were pretty much on top of uh, what he was going through and passing that on to you. Um, It's so important with your work now because... You know, we get a chance to say this every week, that the greatest void in the veterans community is a lack of information and how to navigate the system. And the kinds of things that you're doing now in helping veterans uh really provides information. Tell us a little bit uh, about some of the situations that you've been involved in with uh, the uh uh, the the program of the mighty warriors of assisting uh, veterans. Well,
3: there's not a day goes by that I don't do something that we're assisting um, our veterans. But um, I'd mention the random acts of kindness program that we have. Uh, we do started out with what Mark said, paying for strangers' cups of coffee, meal, tank of gas, and that's one of the ways I've learned to cope. On his birthday, on August second, as I go out into the community. And I find our veterans, and I do those very things. But we've increased our program. It goes up, uh, up to a $5,000 grant. And those are typically a little more crisis situation. So um, numerous times, unfortunately, we've had situations where a veteran took his life and um, committed suicide, and we were able to help with funeral ex- expenses. We would much rather help our veterans before. So if you're a veteran that's listening to this and you're struggling with post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, please reach out to us. We're paying for hyperbaric oxygen therapy treatments, hormone and vitamin therapy, natural things that are actually healing the brain, not just helping with the symptoms, but actually healing the brain. Uh, we've had circumstances where a uh, Navy SEAL's daughter, uh three years old, got cancer. and We were there in the beginning to help them through those treatments, and she fought for two years and lost her life, and we're also able to help with funeral expenses there. Um It's not always crisis. We had a veteran who was a amputee. Um, Just before he deployed, got married, they weren't able to have a honeymoon and then unfortunately was uh, blown up by an IED and lost his leg. And when they came back home, we heard of their story and we helped sponsor a honeymoon to Hawaii for them. Uh, We had uh, just recently one of our SEAL teams that deployed and we took all their families to build a bear and the kids got to pick out a bear and build it. Dad recorded a message that goes into the paw of the bear and why dad was gone, every time they push that button, whenever they want to hear daddy's voice, all they need to do is push that button. And so there's lots of things we do. We have found, unfortunately, there are veterans that just go from charity to charity to see what they can take. And um, typically, the ones that really need the help won't ask. So our program is set up on a referral basis. Um, If you knew someone and you've known them well you could reach out to me and say, here's the circumstances. You know, we know this person's a legit person. They don't expect everybody for the rest of their life to take care of their financial responsibilities or anything else. They they wouldn't come ask for help, but they need help. Uh, we'll still vet them, but then we step in and, and make a difference there. We've done a lot of advocacy and education. So um, Delta Airlines, and this has probably been a while ago. I don't know if you remember when our veterans were coming home from combat And the Delta Airlines was charging them excess baggage fees for their combat gear that they were bringing back. That's ridiculous. And um, I'm never one that, just because I read it on the Internet, I believe it and start, you know, putting on my boots and standing in the fight. But (laughs) I called Delta Airlines, and I verified that this was true, and they said, yes, that's our policy. And I said, you do understand that that's our veterans coming back from combat with their gear. It's not that they've been on R&R and bringing back Turkish rugs. or That's their gear they're bringing home that they used to defend you. And they said, yes, ma'am, we understand. I said, okay, well, I've got a pretty big following, so I will be publishing your email address, your information, your phone numbers, and the story of what you've done and that you refuse to refund that money to them. And they were like, okay, fine. Within 48 hours, they had refunded all the money to those veterans that they charged those excess baggage fees because they were bombarded with emails and phone calls and um, people standing up for our troops. And I think so many people want to be able to help. They want to know how to support our veterans. Um, They're leery. They don't know which foundations are solid ones or which ones you find out. Only 30% went to the cause and the rest went to excessive salaries or fundraising expenses. 96% of what comes into our foundation goes back to the troops and their families through our programs. So those are just a few examples of the things that that we do. Our Gold Star families, uh, we host retreats in eastern Texas for them. Our Purple Heart recipients, we do the same thing. Uh, We have a house in Arizona called the Heroes Hope Home, where families of the fallen can come stay for free, and we just love and pamper on them, let them know we'll never forget. We recently added another location in Florida, Uh, so now they have a choice between the two homes that they stay in. Um, like I said, there probably isn't anything I wouldn't do for our veterans. I love them. For those of you that are listening that have served, thank you, thank you, thank you for defending me and my freedoms.
1: All right. Amazing. Gary? Yes, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, again, you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, borrowed by voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
0: That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
1: Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Debbie Lee, CEO of America's Mighty Warriors. Uh, Debbie, you're also an author.
3: I uh, am. I'm a contributing author in uh, three different books. One of them is... Um Victory in Iraq, that was actually written by uh, Duncan Hunter Sr., who was the chairman of the Armed Forces Committee for 30 years. He documents uh, my first trip to Iraq. Mark's um, story is told in there. There's pictures of Mark and I. And of course, up to 2010, we did have victory. You know, If we would have left troops there to stabilize it, we wouldn't be back over there fighting again today. But we we have done a big number on ISIS and have taken you know control of that area again. But um, there's another book called Ra- How to Raise an American Patriot, and each chapter is a different author. It talks about what they did to instill patriotism in their children's lives. And uh, I have a chapter in there that's called Courage, and it talks about raising my kids as a single mom. Mark's story is told in there as well. And then another book, uh, Ten Secrets of Overcomers. That one is, again, each um, chapter is a different author. Um, It talks about uh, ten people that have gone through tragedy and trials. Um, I'm the only one that's a military-related story, but my theme is Courage. Um, that is, you know, not only Mark's courage that it took, his teammates' courage, but the courage it's taken for me to continue on in the midst of the toughest days of my life. Um, that one talks about uh, Mark's story is detailed in there as well, but what we've done since then and how, you know, I've been able to get through and survive the toughest days of my life. And it talks about what we're doing with our foundation in there as well. I've, you know, written numerous articles for uh, newspapers, magazines, um, different things, but those are the major ones. I uh, never thought this would be a place that my life would take me. Uh, my background aerospace science. Um, fell and injured my back while I was uh, two and a half years through my degree and couldn't pass my first class medical to fly anymore. And then um, owned a preschool and kindergarten for 15 years. And um, obviously when you go through something so life-changing, uh, as I said before, you have a choice what you do with that. And it just started seven weeks after Mark died. We lost his teammate, teammate Mike Montour, who was on his sister platoon, so he's part of Task Unit Bruiser, uh, one of the very famous Navy SEAL task units. But um, he fell on a grenade to save his teammates. And Mark's teammates were all still deployed when he died. We had you know, two of them escort his body home, and then they went right back to the combat zone. Uh, unfortunately, we did not have the experience in 2006 that we do now. I wish we didn't have that experience to know how to handle grief and how to support families, but there wasn't uh, another gold star you know, mother that was there to walk alongside me and say, you're okay, this is part of grief. You're not going off the deep end. Yes, at four months it gets worse than it did in the beginning. and um, So I knew that I needed to be there. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I needed to be there. And that was about the same time his teammates were coming home from Iraq. And, again, I knew I needed to be there and just say, yay, my boys are coming home, not, oh, poor Mark's mom. And it just was one thing after another. I would happen to be in Washington, D.C. I live in Arizona. You don't just happen to be in Washington, D.C. And I get a call that we had another Navy SEAL that was injured that was being flown into Bethesda, and I said, I'm here. I will meet the family. And um, did it for two years out of my own pocket and then realized this was where God was orchestrating my steps for the, <laughs> the rest of my life, it looks like, but, um, and knew I, at that point I needed to officially start a foundation and get people's uh, help to be able to continue on the mission.
1: All right. And Bill?
2: Well, the word foundation, <clears throat> Debbie, is a great segue because you mentioned towards the end of the break uh, the uh, money that you receive in donations in the foundation, uh, how much of that uh, money uh, goes actually goes to uh, for the cause of which you are uh, serving and i I think it's amazing uh, and, and uh, I saw this that uh, where you're using most of your money, the great majority of your money. Uh, goes towards helping those who are in need and this organization, Charity Watch, you're probably familiar with them. They actually <clears throat> observe organizations who are using uh, their funds in the best interest in those who serve and I thank you to be uh, uh, commended uh, for that.
3: Well, thank you. We have worked really, really hard um, to be able to do that and my board has um, always telling people, yes, she's very, very frugal with the money, (laughs) and I appreciate that they respect that I do work really hard, um, you know, to make sure that we spend our money wisely. So many of our supporters, you know, are coming in. We've got a program that's called 18 in 2018, and they've signed up to give $18 a month on a reoccurring basis, and if we get 2018 people to do that, that's half of our budget for the year, and so some of these people, that's, that's a sacrifice to give 18. You know, other people can give $500 a month and it's not a sacrifice, but for those people that give to us, we respect that they trust us, that we are spending that money um, wisely and that we are making a difference. I had a police officer's charity call me on the phone the other day. And of course, my first question is always how much goes to admin. And uh, he, he, um, I think I worded that call, though, uh, how much goes to the programs, not admin. And he said, 10%. And I said, 10% goes to the programs or 10% goes to admin? He goes, no, 10% goes to the cause to support the children of fallen police officers. And I said, are you Mm -hmm. kidding me? And he goes, ma'am, we raised $30 million last year. That's a lot of money that goes to those children. And I, you know, kind of in a heated voice then was like, I have a foundation and 96% go, you know, of course, then they hung up on me, but I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? You're excited that 10 percent's going to the cause? 90 percent's is going to, you know, professional fundraisers and someone's salary. Are you kidding me? That's not a foundation. That's a scam. Mm-hmm. So I always encourage people to ask for copies of the 990 and verify the charities that you give to. Um, you know, that, I think that's very important and, and I respect and know that our donors that give to us trust us to do that. And so we love to be transparent. Anybody ever wants a copy of our 990, I've got it in a download. I, with one click, can add that to an email and send that to them so they can verify where those funds are going and see the difference that we really are making. Uh, one of the other things that we were able to do last year was the flooding in, in Houston. We sent $50,000 down there for, um, our veterans, Gold Star families who lost you know everything in those floods down there. And it's a drop in the bucket, you know, compared to a lot of the sacrifices and what they lost in the cost. But um, you know, a lot of those the, the insurance does not cover an entire loss down there. A lot of them, you know, were in an area they didn't have or didn't need flood insurance, and and so then the insurance doesn't pay. But um, you know, our our veterans were willing to give their lives for us, um, and some were required of that, like my son. But I think. We owe that to them when they come back home to make sure that they're taken care of, to make sure that we try to restore their health to them. You know, they'll never be the same person they were before they went over as when they came back after enduring, you know, multiple combat or even just one combat. But we do owe that to them to take care of them, get their health restored to them. And and like Mark said with the random acts of kindness, we could change our world and our reputation as a country by doing more random acts of kindness. So we're honored to be able to do those random acts of kindness and support our veterans.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, Debbie, uh, in, in your advocacy in raising the awareness to correct situations uh, that our men and women have served, uh, I, I see from your website that you find your way in the, the halls of Congress and to make that known, give us our, give our listening audience a, uh, something of the experience that you've had. Are, are, are you, uh, are, ha, the folks that you've met on Capitol Hill, have they been receptive to uh, the program and the uh, the advocacy that you uh, are involved in for our men and women who served?
3: Um, I think the majority of people have been receptive. Some have been very anti, which surprises me that um, no matter what political side of the aisle that you're on, when a mother comes to your office whose son or daughter has given their life defending our freedoms, whether you agree with what they're standing for or not, you do owe them a meeting and a respectful meeting to at least speak with them. Um, but overall, I have found the majority of the members of Congress that I've worked with um, share my heart in wanting to support our veterans, wanting to make sure that they have rules of engagement that allow them to be successful, that um, they want them to you know, have pay salaries that allow them to live above poverty level, um, that they have what they need when they come back home. But one of the things we've been fighting for for years is trying to get the hyperbaric oxygen therapy treatments to be a standard of care with the VA. And we have not been successful in doing that yet. Um, I think there's uh, reasons for that. Some of them are, you know, looking at old research that isn't comparing apples to oranges, and so they say, oh, it doesn't work. So we've been started uh, paying for brain scans. It's called a specific one. It's called a SPECT scan. And with those, we do those before and after the treatments, and you can actually see the brain being healed. It's black and white. It looks like your brain has been in a car accident and it's all mangled and dented. And then after 40 treatments, you've been to the body shop and it's kind of all, you know, a lot of those dents have been, you know, restored back to where they need to be. And so the more, you know, of those that we have in numbers, you know, we can then go to the VA. And if they had hyperbaric chambers in the combat zone, our veterans wouldn't be coming home with a lot of these issues. If when they were an explosion or, you know, um, been breaching doors or something and they put them in there right away, then you're healing that brain at that point. And it's, you know, much more successful the closer we can get it to the injuries. But, um, you know, we don't give up. We continue to fight. We continue to use the voices. Um, you know, God continues to put me in places. Um, just this weekend I had a great conversation with a retired four-star general who, when I showed him the pictures, was amazed that this technology was out there, you know, that, as I said, in black and white, the brain before, the brain after, you know, no questions, that this isn't something that's standard to care. So we continue to fight. Um, hopefully we will make a difference soon. I've been called in to, you know, testify before Congress on certain issues, um, have the privilege of uh, many of our veterans who are uh, running for office that, You know, are of the same political flavor that I am to be able to endorse them as Debbie Lee, not as a foundation, but and support them, which is great because then that also builds relationships with those ones that are sympathetic for our cause. When I need to call, I know exactly who to call to have legislation introduced or, um, you know, someone to vote on another bill that supports our veterans that maybe they're not aware of. Um, I've been blessed to be in the White House numerous times. Um, and as I said before, never been in the halls of Congress, never been to the White House. And um, to be able to be in a place where I have the ear of uh, many in places, you know, uh, leadership for our country, it, it's absolutely amazing. And that, that's all because of Mark, you know, that was orchestrated because of that hero the sacrifices he made, and then my choice to put on his boots and pick up his weapon and stay in the fight. And, you know, God placing me where I need to be to make those things happen. But I can't do it alone, and that's what's amazing about you guys supporting us, helping us get the word out, finding those veterans and Gold Star families that need our support, finding those listeners that have the ability to financially support us and back us so we can continue on, so we can make a difference in a very effective and efficient way.
2: All right. And with that, Debbie, uh, uh, are there any uh, events that you have coming up that you'd like to tell our listening audience about that can do just what you just said?
3: Well, we had um, just have gone through a bunch of major events that we have. So uh, right now, a little quiet spot, but we do an annual event at Scottsdale Gun Club each year, and that's Mark's birthday bash. His birthday is March 20th, so it's always around those dates. Um, that will be March 23rd um, in, at Scottsdale Gun Club. Uh, we just locked in those dates, and Jocko Willink, who um, was Mark's task unit commander for a Task Unit Bruiser, and um, uh, amazing leader and teaching leadership and um, sought-after speaker will be our, our guest speaker for that event. Uh, we just confirmed that yesterday, so the details aren't on the website yet, but um, we have retreats two a year, one coming up in May and one in September that uh, we need support for those families. We always need volunteers. That's one of the great ways that uh, we can keep 96% going back because we do have an amazing volunteer base. So if you uh, are a graphic artist or can do websites or fundraising, even if it's you know where your kids go to school, having them donate gift cards, the Heroes Hope Home, when the families come stay here, we fly them in, we pay for the rental car, we have a gift basket where there's gift cards for manicures, pedicures, massages, meals, sporting events. So everything can be taken care of for them while they're here. And they can just pick in that basket and and pull out where they'd like to go or what they'd like to do. So, you know, that's a simple way at your school to have, you know, families come donate gift cards. We've got Veterans Day coming up. Uh, we do have several events here. Most of those are local. Uh, we will be at Harley-Davidson uh, Arrowhead, Harley-Davidson in um Glendale or Peoria, not sure which city, the boundaries are weird right there, but um, we'll be there from 10 to 1 o'clock. Then Veterans Day, we'll actually be at the Texas Roadhouse in Surprise, Arizona, where um, our veterans will get free meals. And last year, I think we served 583 free meals in about uh, seven hours to our veterans there. We're there every Monday night uh, during the fundraiser, and um, we have a free gift that we give to our veterans as well. But... um, You know, we've always got lots going on. People can, you know, probably the best way is to like us on Facebook. Uh, We post regularly there events that we've got coming up. That's also a great way that we post things that pertain to our veterans. Um, I don't know if our listeners know, but it's probably been about a year now. Uh, The VA, um, TRICARE, not TRICARE, VA, uh, has changed it to now where our veterans, even if you did not retire, can shop at the PX. Um, that has to be done online. You can't go into the PXs. But uh, So we'd like to keep our veterans aware of those changes you know, when they happen. And so Facebook is probably the best way to do that. But um, also if listeners want to go on our website, send us our information, then we'll put them on our newsletter list. We don't bombard people about every six weeks we send out a newsletter and keep people abreast of upcoming events, things that we've done, things that pertain to our veterans, and usually I write something, you know, encouraging and motivating in there as well. So,
1: All right. Okay, once again, uh, how can, why don't you give us your website? Sure, it's
3: americasmightywarriors.org. Our office phone number is 623-537-5322, or they can mail... Send mail to us at P.O. Box 8114, Surprise, Arizona 85374.
1: Surprise, Arizona.
3: Surprise.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. Now, we only have a couple minutes left, Debbie, and it was a pleasure having you on our show this morning. Uh, Debbie, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing?
3: Um, I just, you know, one of the ways that I autograph the books that I sign and I think it kind of says it all. Live your life worthy of their sacrifices. And uh, Mark's known for his, you know, ending to his letter, to pass on the kindness, the love, the precious gift of human life. And uh, my mantra is the live your life worthy of their sacrifices. And I think that's important for us to do. Whether we're living worthy of the sacrifices or men and women who sacrificed their life and gave their full last breath for us, whether it's those that, you know, came home injured, um, whether it's those that, that came home are great, they sacrifice for us. And we do owe it to them to live our lives worthy of that sacrifice. Uh, I have a shirt on right now that's one of our shirts from our website that has that on there. And I would encourage les- listeners to go to our store and see what's in there. All those books on that website um, have Mark's story in there. Most of them are written by his teammates that were with him when they died, um, the book American Snipers on there. I always encourage people, if you just saw the movie, please read the book. That's the real story, not the Hollywood version. Uh, the medic that was with Mark, who also played himself in the movie. Uh, Jocko, his leadership books are there. Children's leadership books, that are absolutely amazing. Mark's the main character in the kids' leadership book. Um, those books that I'm a contributing author on. And much more merchandise that honors Mark, but also helps us raise funds to continue our mission.
1: All right. Once again, Debbie, it was a pleasure having you on the American Heroes Network radio. And Bill, I know you have a a last word comment.
2: Very quickly, uh, Debbie, thank you for your dedicated service to our men and women who serve this great country. And uh, your advocacy, Uh, this is what will turn this situation around. Uh, We look to have you To appear with us again on our on our show in the future, and uh, it's amazing, outstanding.
1: Yes, definitely. Awesome.
3: Well, thank you, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure to be with you today and to continue our mission to support our troops and Gold Star families. Well,
1: thank you, Debbie. Now, if you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24 7 on our website and you can hear all the archive shows right from your phone and remember we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to america's veterans and their families anytime anywhere and on any mobile device i'm gary Rand. thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next week be safe out there
2: i <laughs>